What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are well. I hope you are absolutely enjoying uh, this Monday. For sure. Hope you had a great weekend as well. Got a shout out as always. All of our friends and followers hanging out with us on social media at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. In addition, got to give a big, big shout out to everybody who is joining us by way of podcast. If you are subscribed, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to me and to all of us here at The Faction. If you're brand new to us, welcome aboard. It's good to have you with us today. All you have to do is click that subscribe button and you can get these notifications for when we drop brand new content as soon as it releases. All right, so let's get into some news for sure. First, let's start off with a big thank you for what has looked like a a fun last seven days here at The Faction. Shout out to our top three cities, including Philadelphia, Chicago, and the number one city for the week is New Orleans, Louisiana. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to what we're doing here at The Faction. All right, so the big talk of the weekend, of course, is Survivor Series weekend. Now, let me just say this. I'm about to give you some spoilers. If you've not watched, you may want to hit pause. Or if you're not concerned about the results because maybe you've seen them on social media or you're waiting for us to talk about them, continue on. All right. With that said, Survivor Series, uh, interestingly enough, is going to be the last pay-per-view inside the Thunderdome at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. The next pay-per-view coming from WWE which of course will be TLC, will be from its new home, the new home of the Thunderdome, at Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay. We've talked about that on a previous episode, and that's a a big, big deal. With that said, what I'm going to do is run through uh, the results from Survivor Series, and then we're going to talk about what actually happened. So, in terms of results... There was a dual-branded battle royal that happened during the kickoff show that was won by The Miz from Raw. Team Raw swept Team SmackDown in the Men's Survivor Series match. Uh, In the tag team match, the Street Profits from SmackDown defeated The New Day from Raw. U.S. Champion Bobby Lashley defeated the Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn. Sasha Banks got a big win over Asuka as the SmackDown Women's Champion defeated the Raw Women's Champion. In the Women's Survivor Series elimination match, I don't even believe I'm saying this, but the sole survivor was, get ready for it, Lana from Team Raw. In the big battle of the champions, the Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre, and then The Undertaker did indeed give us his final farewell. So I want to talk about a few things connected to this. Let me first talk about the value of Survivor Series. This is the 34th annual Survivor Series. Uh, It's one of the longest running pay-per-views in WWE history. Of course, its roots go back many, many years into the late 80s, like 87, I believe was the first one, 87 or 88. And um, it has historically been a very interesting time. It has morphed over time. We, of course, have seen at the Survivor Series these traditional five on five tag team matches, which is how Survivor Series really began. We've also grown accustomed to seeing title matches happen there. Who can forget that it's where The Undertaker first became the 
the World Wrestling Federation champion. Of course, it's where The Undertaker debuted. It's also where we saw the infamous Montreal Screwjob, which garnered HBK a WWE championship. We've seen tournaments happen there. We've seen all sorts of things happen there. Well, in the latest iterations of the Survivor Series, I'd say within the last five years or so, it has turned into this brand supremacy battle between Raw and SmackDown. And last year, NXT got in on the mix. Uh, let me just say this. I really feel like the Survivor Series itself um, is losing steam as a viable pay-per-view. Now, that may be a hot take or a controversial opinion to some, but let me explain. You see, back in the day, and even as recently as I'd say six years ago, there were some groundbreaking things that would happen at the Survivor Series. I think back to, of course, uh, Sting and his WWE debut at the Survivor Series, which also led to a big win for Dolph Ziggler, as the sole survivor. You know, we think about moments where people have cashed in to become WWE or World Heavyweight Champion. We think about significant matches. And even when you look at these brand battles, the last couple of years you had uh, huge matches like Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Um, and while I think we got an amazing couple of matches, um, one between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, the other being between the Street Profits and the New Day, by and large, I think the Survivor Series pay-per-view has become lazy on the part of WWE. For instance, this battle for brand supremacy used to be encapsulated in a now defunct pay-per-view called Bragging Rights right? Who remembers bragging rights? Like, that's not a real big deal. But here's the thing. With bragging rights, all the battles were for were for bragging rights, right? And to look at things historically in these last couple of years when SmackDown versus Raw has happened, there's been a bit of a scoreboard to keep track of who's winning right now. Is it Raw or is it SmackDown? And last year when NXT got in, it was Raw or SmackDown or NXT. This year, there was no meaning to this pay-per-view. It didn't further storylines. It didn't prove uh, brand supremacy between Raw or SmackDown. Um, if you look at it, the wins were kind of split down the middle with the Universal Champion and the Women's Champion from SmackDown winning their matches, uh, along with the tag champs as well. The U.S. title on Raw stayed, of course, with Bobby Lashley as he won that match handily um raw won both of the five on five elimination matches and then this dual branded battle royal in the kickoff which was not advertised and the list of people in there read more like a royal rumble than it did some throw off battle royal and what was the battle for Right. So you've got 20 plus men, including former world champions like uh, Rey Mysterio and The Miz and Dolph Ziggler, former NXT champions like Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode. Like it's a real big deal who's in here and it's for what? Not even for real bragging rights. There's no trophy. There's no mark on the scoreboard for Raw. None of it makes sense. And this goes back to something that I've said in times past, that WWE lacks continuity. And absolutely, Survivor Series proved that. 
um, in lacking continuity. Again, nobody kept track of who won matches between Raw and SmackDown. Just didn't make any sense at all. Uh, So that's my overarching thought about the Survivor Series. Now, when you dig in, there were some matches to really remember. That tag team match between the Street Profits and the New Day, I felt, first of all, was the tag team match of the year for WWE, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a better tag team matchup this year, Uh, and I know there's been pandemic and all sorts of things, but with the Usos kind of out of the tag team picture, you know, the New Day, of course, have gone through challenges with injury this year, et cetera, et cetera, and the Street Profits, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, have been the most consistent tag team in the WWE for the year 2020. You could also make the assertion that the Street Profits may be the most successful entity to come out of NXT and onto uh, Raw or SmackDown. And here's why I say that. Look at former champions like Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode, who absolutely crushed in NXT and are floundering in Raw and on SmackDown. You know, you can look at a host of other folks who had great, great times uh, in, in the NXT world. Now, particularly for the men. Now, for the women, it's a different story. Becky Lynch, in fact, the bulk of the women's division right now are NXT transplants, and uh, they have managed to make that transition very well. Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, you know, the four horsewomen, Becky Lynch, of course, Asuka, like look at that entire roster right now on Raw and SmackDown, and you see all of them coming from NXT. But on the men's side, it's been different. And the Street Profits have managed to somehow merge, you know, what they were known for in NXT, which was uh, really being very, very charismatic. Uh, We started to see hints of their athleticism toward the end of their run when they became the tag team champions. But they've really stepped it up, I think, on both Raw and now SmackDown and are proving to be a viable tag team. Their win over the New Day was very important to their legacy. Of course, whether the New Day won that match or not, it wouldn't take anything away from their 10 championship reigns. They're still going to be who they are. But it was a big and necessary win for the Street Profits to really be taken seriously as a tag team in WWE. So congratulations to them. Congratulations also to Roman Reigns. Let's just call a spade a spade. I'm getting text messages and DMs from people who are telling me how much they don't want to acknowledge that they love Roman Reigns now. But they do. Roman Reigns as a heel, as the head of the table, he is that guy. And I'm going to tell you now, I think his merch is about to go through the roof if it hasn't already. What a match between him and Drew McIntyre. By far a far better match than we would have ever seen between him and Randy Orton. But I need to remind you of something. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre is not new. It was the comeback match for Roman Reigns after his cancer diagnosis out of all places, WrestleMania 35. Yeah, you know, the same WrestleMania where Kofi Kingston won the WWE title and Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey all main evented that WrestleMania. Yeah, that one had Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre on the undercard. Well, that was forgotten for sure because this match blew that one out 
of the water. I would not be upset to see this match happen one more time because quite frankly, it was downright amazing balls congratulations uh to both of them i think both of them both of their games were elevated for sure roman reigns continues to be the dominant champion and dominant figure in all of wwe and rightfully so from the file of can you believe that happened the gobbledygooker won the 24 7 championship now this is all i'm gonna say I didn't take that title seriously from the first night it was introduced. And my good brother Brandon Clack and Courtney Beard both love the title because they think it's different. It's cool. It's fun. It's, you know, comedic relief. I don't believe championships should be comedic relief. I believe they should be competed for. I believe they should be taken seriously. And the idea that um, this title uh, has now had 45 reigns or however many it is by our truth, it's just comedy. And it's not even good comedy anymore. So uh, I don't know why now the gobbledygooker can say he was a champion in WWE. Go figure. It's crazy. Now, I'm going to end with this. The Undertaker. Now, I was vocal on social media thinking that, and I've even said it here, that this was not going to be the real final farewell for The Undertaker. Yes, it's where he debuted, but he's known for his WrestleMania streak. And there's one match we never got, The Undertaker versus Sting. And even on our social media spaces, some have said, you know, it'd be great to see The Undertaker versus this version of The Fiend. Of course, him and Bray Wyatt battled at WrestleMania 31, but... The Bray Wyatt of WrestleMania 31 and The Fiend of today, two very, very different people. The shock and awe that I had that The Undertaker actually retired for real, that he's gone, that we're not going to see The Undertaker as The Undertaker again. Um, it gave me pause and there were moments where I felt like I'm sorry for not really taking this moment in because of my expectation for Sting to show up or because of my expectation of The Fiend to show up. And let's just say this, right? Never say never. This is the world of pro wrestling. It does not mean that The Undertaker won't show up again. We have seen countless people come out of retirement, even HBK, who swore up and down it wasn't going to happen. It took him eight years, but he came out of retirement and he probably wishes he had stayed back in. But be that as it may, will The Undertaker actually return? I don't know. But uh, if indeed last night was truly his final farewell, well, then what a career and there are lots of arguments that could be made that perhaps the undertaker is legit the greatest of all time he should be on the mount rushmore of professional wrestling if for no other reason than he did something that hulk hogan didn't do that randy savage that eddie guerrero that rick flair that the rock that stone cold did not do this man stayed on top of the business for his entire 30-year run. Nobody can say that. Flair can't say it. Hogan can't say it. Uh, none of them can say it. And there's a lot to be said for that. Was he known throughout the world as a pop culture icon? Uh, that could be debatable. But was he the most consistent thing we've seen in three decades? Absolutely. He redefined heiress. Think about it. How many wrestlers were were part of the late 80s, came in and then the early 90s, were part of the new generation, saw the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars, saw the Ruthless Aggression Era, uh, went through all of WrestleMania into the modern era. Not very many can say that. 
but The Undertaker. So we salute you, Undertaker. Thank you for 30 years of an incredible career. And uh, it's just hard to believe that it's actually over. Though we will say, and we've said this before, the last match probably should have been uh, WrestleMania 28, the Hell in a Cell uh, end of an era match. It was the perfect way to go home. But hey, it is what it is. Last but not least, in case you haven't heard, SHW21 is now available on independentwrestling.tv. You can go there, check out uh, the last card that we brought to you at Southern Honor Wrestling. I promise you it's something you're not going to want to forget. And if you watch the first 10 to 15 minutes of it, I want to hear your thoughts because, well, yeah, I won't give it away. But it's interesting for sure. Uh, with that said, uh, big news has come out about SHW 22. In case you haven't heard, our champion Joe Black has relinquished or is relinquishing the SHW championship because of injury. And so now that leaves room for a brand new champion to be crowned over the weekend. It was announced that a 12 person tournament is going to take place at SHW 22 on December the 11th. It's going to be a one night tournament. Six picks are coming from our GM, Gary Lamb. Six picks are coming from our booker, Dylan Freimeyer. And uh, the winners of those six matches will end up going into a six-person scramble at the end of the night to crown a brand new SHW champion. Today, the picks will begin, and they will pick each one person for each all throughout this week. So it's going to be interesting to see. We'll keep you posted, of course, here at the Faction on the Southern Honor page as well and on my own personal page. So I want to hear from you what your thoughts were about Survivor Series uh, and the like. So reach out to us at the Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, continue to subscribe to this podcast, leave comments, and rate us as well. We absolutely appreciate it. Enjoy your day, and we'll see you next time when we get together. Until then, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. I my people, here we go.